Being Broken Up With, The Breakup Part 2. Welcome back to Relationships First. It's David Dubay. I'm excited that you're here today because in this episode, we're talking about being broken up with. It's not fun. It's not easy. I mean, for some people, it's easy. For a lot of people, it's not. And in this episode, I want to share with you some methodologies for making it easier than it might be. No matter how devastating it might be, we all go through these things. Loss of any kind is difficult. And so I want to talk about that in this episode. Now, before I do, for those of you expecting this episode last week, I apologize. I was sick. My face was falling off my head. So I didn't even record this. But here we are recording it today. So you, my friend, can know how to deal with being broken up with. Now, if if not you, maybe one of your friends is dealing with it. Send this to them. Now, this doesn't just work for breakups. This works for loss because loss happens. I have lost a lot of people in my life recently. I myself almost died twice this year. I am no stranger to loss. I have broken up with people and I have been broken up with. No stranger to emotional turmoil either. But there's ways to mitigate the side effects of turmoil. And also build yourself up. So when things happen, when shit, the proverbial shit hits the fan, it doesn't have to be so bad no matter what kind of shit it is. Whether it's a relationship ender or loss of a friend or a family member or a loved one of any kind. Your puppy, your kitty, those things. This works across the board. Now, is it a fail-safe? Is it? No, it's not. Because emotion is emotion. And sometimes you just need to let it out. And that's great. We should. Don't, don't hold back. If you feel the tears about to, to spout, let them go. Allow the emotions to run through you. It's in the preventing of our emotions to actually be felt where we hold them back is when we actually cause traumas in our body and illness, especially negative emotion. Really, that's where it all comes in. Negative emotion is not good. So when you feel negative emotion, allow it to process through your body. Allow your body to release it. And once you do, there's catharsis afterwards. There's goodness. There's healing on the other side of that. It's when we hold those emotions back and prevent them from exposing themselves because we're afraid of them that it causes trauma later on. All right. So some breakups are easier than others. Why? Because maybe you have the thought that you should leave the relationship But then your partner says, hey, we need to have this discussion. And you're like, oh, well, I don't have to break up. He's going to do it or she's going to do it for me. Or you're one of those persons who just, you know, emotionally, you're just already detached. Or you're easy. It's easy for you to detach. And so when someone says we're done, you're like, okay, see you later. But it's far and few in between in comparison to the rest who are emotionally invested 
you know, sometimes we're vested because we've got families with them, you know, you have children, you're married, you've, you have a life together, you have a house together, you've got cats and dogs or, you know, the family hamster. And you've built a life for the last seven years, five years, three years, but you've had been living together, cohabitating, as it were. Maybe no kids are involved. Either way, your mind, you may have painted out what your relationship's going to be like in five, ten years, and you're only three years in, five years in, and they want to end the relationship. Sometimes our relationships end because we're in the middle of an argument, and that argument just was last straw that broke the camel's back, as it were. And now they want to be done with the relationship. They're sick of all the fighting. Now, if it's an abusive relationship, well, you shouldn't be in it anyway. But leaving that relationship, when it does happen, because inevitably, a relationship ends... You know, they want to leave, you want to leave, or something makes them leave. And then you feel like you're holding the bag. Now, financially, I can't tell you what to do. And I'm not going to. You know, if you have a house together, that's on you, right? You, you guys have to decide how that's taken care of. If you're co-leased for your rent or what have you, you have to figure those things out. You're going to because the relationship has now ended because they want it to end. Unless you're widowed. But even in that, there's ways to mitigate the, the trauma you might feel from it. You're not alone. People are broken up with every single day. And it sucks for many. It doesn't have to suck so bad for you. So emotionally... We're attached. We've painted this picture of the future that we're going to have with this person that we've been together with, and now they want it to end. So that future is now crushed and feels like they're taking everything you know away with them. And you can't stop thinking about them. You're dwelling on that situation. You're either thinking about why it just ended and you're replaying the scenario in your head like, I could have said this, could have done that, this could have been better, this could have been different. But nothing you're thinking of is going to change what just happened. So really what you need to do is change what you're thinking. So I want to share a story with you. Now, I've shared this story before. It's about my girlfriend the day before prom. She phones me on the cell phone. I'm at the mall. It's my dad's phone, because this is 1998, and I have terrible reception. So I'm like, I'll call you when I get home. I'm in this long line to go rent my tux. I remember I get to the front, and the gal at the register is like, are you sure you want to rent the tux? Because as soon as you take the tux out of the store, you get zero money back. I was like, yeah, I'm going to prom. Give it to me. I get home, and I call her back on the cordless phone as I'm walking to the back of the house because it was really nice outside. Spring. Spring day, really nice. Walking to the back of the house. She continues to tell me that she cheated on me the night before. 
She's like, last night, you remember so-and-so? I had him over and I cheated on you. I don't even know if she said cheated. I think she said, we did stuff. I was like, oh, okay. And maybe like you in a similar situation, you say something like this, because I said it. How could you do this to me? How could you do this to me? I remember like the tears starting to, to well in my eyes as I said it. And then she starts to talk about how she wants to continue to go to prom and that we could still do our thing. This doesn't change anything. In her mind, it didn't. I remember as I passed the, the house and I'm now into the backyard, something just changed. I don't know what it is, but like in an instant, as she's talking, I started laughing. And it caught her off guard. I'll be honest, it caught me off guard. And she's like, what is so funny? And I said, this situation is, you're funny. I said, you taught me a valuable lesson. She's like, what's that? That I can't trust you. That you're not worth my time. That if we were in a relationship any longer than we currently are, or have been, this would hurt so much more than it does right now. I'm done with you. I'm not going to prom with you. And tomorrow I'm going to come pick up all the things I bought for you for prom so I can return them. And then I never want to talk to you again. I never want to see you again. I never want to hear from you again. Oh, and by the way, the guy you did all those things with, he's going to screw you over 10 times from Sunday. Way worse than you ever did to me. Good luck. See you tomorrow. And I never want to hear from you again. And I hung up like that transition was like that. I don't know how to explain it. I was feeling super like the victim of a crime to I took my power back. Yes, in this case, I broke up with her. She didn't break up with me. But what I'm talking about here and the important of the importance of the story is the frame. The frame changed from me being the victim to me being the victor. Me being someone who was a, a victim to the tragedy of what she did, not she had what she did had nothing to do with me. See, she, she cheated, but her in her cheating, she wasn't thinking about me. She wasn't like, "I'm going to do this to hurt David." She did what she did because she wanted pleasure in the moment. She was living in her present moment with the guys that she was hanging out with. She wasn't thinking this is going to hurt David. She was thinking, this is going to please me. She wasn't doing what she did to hurt me, to spite me, because she didn't like me. She still liked me. She still wanted to go to prom with me. She did it because she wanted to be selfish, which is fine. Her physical actions away from me don't do anything to me. See, a lot of, thing, a lot of us place our emotional well-being in our partner's hands. And then when our partner does something that doesn't like, she didn't do anything physical with me or to me or against me. She did something physical with someone else. And it's my choice to accept that is, is hurt. as something she did against me. She did nothing against me. She only did something to pleasure herself. So I reframed it in my head as opposed to how could you do this to me? Once again, she did nothing to me. She did something to serve herself. 
has nothing to do with me. She didn't do it out of spite. She doesn't hate me. At least didn't at the moment. So in that moment when she told me, and I felt the emotional reaction, right? That was the first reaction I had was emotion, just pure emotion. I just allowed emotion to take over. And that's how it came to be where I said to her, how could you do this to me? However, in that one moment when there was a shift and I started laughing, I don't know how or where that shift came from, but I knew in that moment that she did nothing to me. Like there was this cathartic realization that literally she did nothing to me. She didn't do this to hurt me. She did this to serve herself. And so my mind reframed the entire scenario from, oh my gosh, she set out to hurt me to, no, she didn't. She's just being selfish. And here's how I take care of it. Okay, sure, I broke up with her, but the context is I reframed it. And reframing is a great way for us to repicture our lives in the new situation of being single. You weren't expecting it. It wasn't something we wanted. We have all these things together, but now things have to change. Because things have to change, you have to make a decision. And that decision should not be to stay in sadness, to stay in emptiness. It's going to happen. You're going to feel the emotions. It happens no matter what. And when you feel them, let them come over you. Let them come out of you. Let them spill out of you. That's perfectly fine. You should do that. You should feel the emotions. I remember later on, we went to, instead of me going to my prom, that night, it was a Friday night, I ended up going to my sister's school. My sister went to a different high school than I went to because my sister's blind and autistic. So two of my friends and I went out to my sister's school. My sister's prom was that night. And so she went to school and I walked through with my two friends and there was this uh, concert going on at the school. And I, I don't remember why my two friends and I, so it was my friend Rob and my friend Ben, I ended up losing them somehow. And I found myself sitting in like the balcony of this choir concert. And this gal was singing the song Winds Beneath My Wings, right? Bette Midler song. And I sat up there and I bawled my eyes out as she was saying. I mean, this girl was amazing, right? Just the, so the emotion of her voice along with the, the moments I had alone, I could not help myself. I was overcome with emotion and I allowed myself to spill that emotion out, to allow myself to feel the feelings of the breakup. After the song had ended, my tears went away, I wiped my face, and I went and found my friends. I didn't feel that way right after I got off the phone with my now ex, I picked up the phone, I called my friends, told them what was going on, and they wanted to go out with me. They wanted to hang out. They might have thought I'd be really sad about it, and down in the dumps, but I wasn't. 
I did that separate from them and only for a short time so I could allow the emotions to flow out of me. And then with them, we hung out and we had a good time. They wanted me to have fun. They didn't want me to be like, they didn't. I bet they would have understood if I was that way, but I wasn't. I felt like she broke up with me by her actions as opposed to me breaking up with her for her actions. But I knew the relationship had to end. And I understand my situation's different than yours. I get that. You've been living together for some time. You have a house and a mortgage, maybe. Now, the financial aspect of it is much more difficult. But the financial, sometimes it's easier to deal with than the emotional because of all the attachments we have with our partner. Knowing that, it can, it can look like a mountain of things you got to do. And depending on your partner and how the relationship ends, well, you still have to communicate with them. You still have to separate those things. You still have to come to terms with those things. I mean, if this is a divorce, that's even bigger. There's a lot more to go through. There's a lot more to do. If this is a divorce and they cheated on you, well, they could be spiteful. They could be hurtful so much so that you might hate them for their actions. Now, I want you to know this. If that is the case, and you no longer like your partner, maybe they finally told you they were seeing someone else, and they have been for however long, and they're ending the relationship because they want to be with their new partner, and they've been doing this under your nose for six months, a year, whatever, and you have kids together, oh, it's understandable. You're going to be very upset. You're going to be very angry. You're going to feel scorn. So hurt. Now, not everyone feels that way, but you might. But I want to share something with you. If that is the case, or if you know someone who's been in that situation and that's the case, if you allow that hate to get into your children's ears, you will destroy your kids and their future relationships. And I'm not joking. It's not hyperbole. If you hate your partner and you have children with them, do not allow that hate to hit their ears. Do not share your disdain for your partner with your children. Do not. You will destroy their future relationships. Your problem with your ex isn't their problem with your ex. That's their father. That's their mother. Your children might learn on their own. And in all likelihood, they will. If their parent is someone to not be trusted. But if they hurt you and not their child, don't hurt your child. Because you're hurt by them. That is selfish. That is childish on your part. And it should never be done. And I know it happens. I have friends. I know this happens. And it's awful to see. It's awful to hear. It's not good. If you're scorned, do not scorn your children because of your partner. So what other things can you do emotionally to help you from avoiding the memories you might be having of your partner? Right? That song comes on. And then you're triggered. Oh my God, I remember with so-and-so, my partner, we used to do this and now we're not. And It used to be your favorite song, now it's your least favorite song. Or you're sitting at work 
working and something reminds you of your ex and now you can't stop thinking of them. So you're crying at your desk. How you miss them. How do you avoid that? You know, it's like a drop of water falling into a nice lake that's very still. But that drop, it's, it's the memory of your partner. And as it hits the lake, it creates these ripples. Now you can't stop thinking of them. That's not fun either because you need to get your work done. You need to do what you have to do and now you can't. You love them, you miss them. What do you do? I recommend finding a rubber band. You know, the kind that's maybe an inch and a half, two inches. You know, it's a little thicker. It's not real thin. A little thicker. Like three, four millimeters thick. Or wide, rather. Put it on your wrist. Why would I put that on my wrist? I'll explain. A DVD. You've probably seen and watched movies on DVD before. I would assume so. What happens when a DVD is scratched? Does it play the same or does it skip in certain parts? It skips, doesn't it? Sometimes it doesn't even play again. If it's your favorite movie, that really sucks. I remember lending out this movie I got on this like collector's edition DVD box. It's the movie The Legend, an old Tom Cruise movie. I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was really good. And this gal I had worked with, Diane, she asked if she could borrow it. So I lent her the DVD in the DVD case. She had it like two weeks. I had to keep reminding her, bring it back. Would you bring it to me? She brings it to me. The case was destroyed. Like it didn't look like the case I'd given her. This collector's box case was literally destroyed. She didn't care for it at all. The DVD was scratched to hell. It never played again. I was so angry. I was like, that cost $30. You just destroyed this and never played again. I was so pissed. Glad I brought it up. So, so why, why this rubber band? Okay, the rubber band is like scratching a DVD. It won't play again the same way. Now, sure, a small scratch, it'll still play again. A couple small scratches, it'll probably still play fine. You won't even notice it. But the deeper the scratch, or the more times it's scratched in the same spot less likely it is to play ever the same. So the rubber band around your wrist, it's not to shoot spitballs across the room. So you shouldn't pretend that at all. But what you do is you snap your wrist. So the memory of this person enters your mind. And now you're in this loop or spiral of thoughts that you have about them. You take this rubber band, you don't do it very hard, I don't want you to like break the skin, but you do it so it pinches. You grab the rubber band, you pull it back, and you let go onto your wrist, and it snaps, breaking the thought pattern of what you just are thinking. You're like, ow, that hurts. So now your thought is on this pain on your wrist. Hopefully it's not a long-lasting pain. You're not, like I said, you're not breaking skin. You're not, you're not shooting spitballs across the room. You're just causing enough pain to distract your mind from thinking the thought that it's been thinking, and then you decide to think new thoughts. Because you are the operator of your mind. Your mind doesn't run you, you run your mind. And so this enables you to distract your mind from its automatic running, and you then choose a new thought to play. You choose a new memory to pay attention to, or 
something new to concentrate on. And every time a thought of your ex-partner comes into your head, you do that. Enough times, you're going to break the cycle of you thinking of those thoughts. Now you can focus on what you need to focus on to get done so you can have the life that you want to live and not be dwelling on the past, something you at this moment can't change. Now, we should also talk about the fact that because they have ended the relationship with you, and you know, in this case, it's a tough breakup because you didn't want to leave the relationship, the end does not mean never again. And how amicable the relationship ends also enables you to have communication with them further down the road. You know, sometimes when it's ending, you don't think of all the questions you want to ask of why it's ending. It just ends. But if it's amicable and you, you're not fighting or arguing with them, and they're not just walking out forever, you can still communicate with them enough to find out the answers that you're looking for later. Or... You stay friends, and then later on, the relationship then works out. If it's supposed to be, if it's meant to last, if it's meant to be, it'll then work out later on. But right now, it might not be the right time. It might not be the right time for them, right time for you. Maybe they see it as the end forever, but you don't. And that's fine. But it will always be the end forever if it's not amicable. If you yourself take it as, oh my God, they hate me. Never talk to them again. Well, then for sure it's done forever. You know, a lot of this has to do with your reaction to the situation. How you react. Instead of reacting, if you act amicably, calmly, it won't be so bad. Which also helps you with the rubber band around your wrist to be like, okay, I'm overreacting right now. And bringing you back to here and now, the present It can be difficult. Relationships aren't easy. I teach them. I know. So being able to reframe what just happened helps us. Reframe, just like I did. Reframe the situation. She didn't do it to hurt me. She did to serve her. And that just ended our relationship. That's fine. You can reframe situations. Look at your life. This is an ending of that relationship, but it's not the ending of all relationships. They weren't the end-all, be-all for you. They shouldn't have been, and if they were, well, they aren't now. There's more to your life that's going to happen no matter what. Tomorrow, the sun's going to rise, and it's going to set. It's going to do the same thing day in and day out. The older you get, the faster it goes. So you might as well do something with your time now. So after it ends, surround yourself with people who are positive, who want better for you. Like my friend, Rob and Ben. When my relationship ended, I'm sure if I was like in an emotional mess, they would have been there for me. But they wanted better for me. They weren't there to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. They were so great. Your relationship, you're going to miss them. They weren't like that at all. They're like, let's go have fun. Let's not think about this. Mind you, I was 17. I couldn't go to a bar. But even at that, I don't like if we went to go have some drinks, it would be like a couple drinks and some good laughs. It wouldn't be like, let's get you hammered because you lost your relationship. That's not the person you want to hang out with after you've lost your relationship. You don't want the person to be like, let's stab your ex in the back. That's not the relationship. That's not the friend you want to hang out with after you've lost your relationship. How can we hurt or get back at the person who just dumped you? That's an awful 
person. If you're friends with someone like that, run from them. Because what are they saying behind your back with other friends? Key sign, they're not a good person. Surround yourself with positive people who want better for you, who want the best for you. Those are the people you want to hang out with when you're leaving a relationship. You want people who are going to look at you and tell you what you have, what's good for you. In the ending of anything, like we're coming to the end of 2022. We're coming into 2023. What do we all, what do all these people talk about when it's the end of the year and the beginning of a new year? New Year's resolutions. The same goes with the end of a relationship and the beginning of a new one. And what I mean by new relationship is the relationship you have with yourself, not some rebound. Don't go find a rebound. Rebounds, your rebound is emotional and should not be physical. It can be. I mean, you're an adult. You can do what you want. But that's not what this is about. That's not what it should be about for you either. You need to rebound emotionally. You need to find your balance point emotionally before seeking a new relationship anyway. So another good reframe is, where am I in relationship to what I want for myself and my family? So if you have family, if you have kids, what is it you want with them? What is it you want for them? What kind of relationship do you want to introduce your kids to if you have kids? What kind of relationship do you want to introduce your friends and family to if you don't? But really the important part here is you. You are. You know, sometimes loss of a relationship is damaging to our, like, our confidence, who we feel we are. We have identified with our relationship for so long, we've lived it so long, that we don't know who we are anymore. And regardless of that, I always say, since the beginning of this podcast and well before that, if you don't know who you are, if you're not confident in you, you shouldn't be in a relationship And the reason is because most of the time, when we don't know who we are, we build our relationships as our identity, just like our jobs. I am my work. I am my relationship. You're none of those things. So are part of who you are, but they're not who you are. They don't define you. You should define you. You should always define you. And until you define yourself, you shouldn't really be looking for a relationship. But that's what so many people do. They identify themselves by their relationships. It's not the right way of living. It isn't. So now that you're single, do a self-inventory. Who are you? What makes you great? Ask your friends, what do you like about me? Write it down. I always say pen to paper is great. You should be writing things down. By hand, better than on computer. We're so attached to our computers. Who are you? What makes you who you are? What do you believe? Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? What things do you want to do? What goals do you want to achieve? What are your travel destinations? What are your financial goals? What are all of these things? The more you know about those, the benefit you have is when you get into a new relationship, you can present those things to your relationship. Then it becomes something that you participate in together and not something you just do alone. But you can't have that conversation until you know those things about yourself. Most people don't know those things about themselves. The reason why we have confidence issues is because we built our confidence by our relationship. If that's you, and if you've built your confidence based on your relationship, now you no longer have a relationship, that means you have no longer have confidence in yourself. Oh, for what? Your relationship ended. So what? It happens to everyone. 
Loss happens all the time, every day. People lose people all the time. All the time it happens. But that doesn't mean your life stops because it's not going to. No matter what, your life's going to keep going with or without your relationships. And because of that, you are also going to wake up and do what you need to do. And so in order to do what you need to do, you need to figure out these things. Who are you? What makes you great by your definition, not someone else's? What makes you great by yours? What's your vision for your future? Think of those things. With that, if this was helpful, this was useful to you, share this out. Allow other people to listen to this. If you want to help me out, leave a review. Tell iTunes why you like listening to me. I don't know why you do until you tell me. If you'd like to join our private community, you can do that at relationships-first.com. If you'd like a consult with me, yours truly, you can do that there as well, relationships-first.com. With that being said, I'll catch you in the next episode. Take care.